Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, I'm going to continue this uh, Sunday on our series we started last week, which is called Pursuit. Everybody say Pursuit. Pursuit. And the, the topic, the, where I'm going with the, the, the title Pursuit is pursuing God, seeking God. You see, all of us can pursue many things in life. In fact, there's going to be a, a day coming up in November called Black Friday, and you're all going to be pursuing some shopping deals. Amen? I, I know some of you. I know some of you that like to shop and take advantage of those deals. So you're going to be pursuing that. But there's things that we can pursue in the earthly and the temporal, and there's things that we should be pursuing spiritually. How many know that? There's things that we should never neg- neglect or put aside, and the pursuit of God is one of those. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday, uh, I invited, every year I invite the men to go, whoever would like to come, because I go, if I, even if I go by myself, I, I'm going to be blessed. And last year it was about 400 men, and this year it was 700 men. And it's not even our denomination, it's the, it's the Assemblies of God denomination, which is basically our cousin. And we met in Sacramento, it was the Northern California District um, Convention. Wonderful speakers, amazing speakers. Pa- Pastor Samuel Huddleston, who some of you know, uh, heads that up. He's the men's director, and he's a wonderful man if you've never gotten the chance to meet him, but he heads it up. And he brings in some wonderful speakers. I got a chance to see um, Christian Miller and uh, Marvin Miller Jr., uh, wonderful men of God. And uh, I took a picture with them, and it was great to, to see them. Christian is a pastor at Destiny Church in Rockland, and he was there as part of the prayer team, the altar uh, team. Let me tell you, the altars were just packed. There were hundreds of men receiving the gift of salvation for the first time, some just getting renewed, refreshed. It was just beautiful, beautiful thing. And, um, but anyways, we were pursuing God. We were seeking God. I go to get refreshed. Everybody say refreshed. Doesn't it just sound good? Refreshed. You know, th- those of you that have worked outside and put in long hot, sweaty hours working outside. You come inside and you're all hot and sweaty and uh, there's nothing better than taking a nice hot shower or cold shower, whatever it is that you like to do. But getting cleaned up and getting refreshed feels so good, right? And that's what spiritual refreshing does as well. It cleans you up and you just walk out of there going, man, I feel good. And, And you leave like that and it carries you for a while. And that's one of the reasons why I, I want to encourage, whether it's our men or, or women at events, to join us on those. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to seek Him and create that bond of fellowship. Amen. Amen. But today, I've titled this sermon, Continual Pursuit. Say that with me. Continual Pursuit. There's some things in life worth p- pursuing, and your relationship with your Heavenly Father is definitely worth pursuing. The great theologian A.W. Tozer said the following, To have found God and still to pursue Him is the soul's paradox of love. And, 
you know, great words by A.W. Tozer, and all of you here know that uh, it, takes, it takes work to seek God continually. It, it's not easy. It's hard. It takes sacrifice on your part. It takes even getting up at ungodly hours sometimes to pray. How many have ever felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit just causing you to wake up and pray for someone? And we all have. If you're a parent here today, God has spoken to you and woken you up and caused you to pray for, for somebody. But last week when I was touching on this uh, at the outset, we discovered through these references in the scriptures of seeking God, we discovered that the word to seek is the Hebrew word darash, which means to read something repeatedly and study. Or another related word is to beat a path. Everybody say, beat a path. I think one of the last times I went fishing with my dad, we walked along the Napa River. We were bank fishing, and we took a path along the river, and there's a bunch of tall grass, but the path we took was beaten down because people were walking up and down, and it was beaten down. It was just the dirt. And so we took that path that's what it refers to when you seek God. It's a beaten path. It's not something that you rarely do. It's not something that you occasionally do. It's something that you do day after day after day. How many know that there were Old Testament prophets that prayed five times a day in the Old Testament? Paul prayed three times a day. I mean, there were countless examples. And I'm not saying you need to be on your knees five times a day. I'm just saying, let's just seek him continually. Amen? Seeking him continually. And two of the ways last week, just to recap, that I, I taught you on how to pursue God. One is initially, in, well, through prayer, is when we seek him for salvation. We seek him for salvation. And then, and then another way was to seek him in repentance because... Oftentimes what we do when we come to the Lord, we, He saves us, but now He's got to clean us up, right? You know you can get saved before He cleans you up, right? But that's called sanctification, the process of cleaning us up. And sometimes, for some people, that's where it stops. They stop right there and can't go past go. And that's not the plan of God for you. God wants you to continually seek Him so that you draw closer to Him as you drop off all those rough edges that you have. Amen? How many believe that? Amen? And what that is, is beating a path to the Lord every day. Because if you don't beat that path, those same weeds that sprout up all around you will overtake your growth, your spiritual walk. They'll trample your walk. In fact, the Bible says the enemy will steal that word right out of you. And before you know it, you're back out there doing things seven times worse than you were before, is what the Bible says. Well, let's go to the sermon text that I have. And I had the same one last week, and I want to read that again today. It's found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. It's on your notes as well. I, I've given you the scriptures I'm going to be using today. But it, would you stand with me it's just uh, as we read the word of God today? I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 6. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. 
Let them turn to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Father God, again, we thank you for this time. Now I pray, Lord, that you would speak, Lord, for the next few moments. Speak to your people. Give us ears to hear. And Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this afternoon. How many love the Word of God? But we need to be in the Word to love the Word of God. I, I would challenge you, and you know, I'm, we're in October, October, what is it, 16th today. And once again, every year I read the Bible through. I, that's just part of what I do when I read my Bible. I read it through every single year. I can't, I've done it dozens of times, and I have a checklist. So I've read off through October 16th. And every day I do it, and as we get closer to the end of the year, it's like I feel like, okay, I've done it again. But I say that because every time I read through the scriptures, it comes at me like it's new. God speaks to you, even though I may have read those scriptures not only dozens, but possibly hundreds of times, it will speak to you in a new way each time you read it. And do you understand why? Do you, do you know why? Because you and I go through different seasons of our life, and we need to hear Scripture speak to us during those different challenges, during those different seasons of life. And I'm here to tell you, if you're not reading the Word of God, you're not getting God's best. You're not getting the best that God has designed for you. It comes through reading. Well, Pastor Rick, I don't like to read. Well, then get yourself plugged in on audio. It's very simple. Audio. You can do it on, on so many different ways. Audio. If you don't know how, if you look for, <coughs> if you're looking for challenges, different ways to do that, <coughs> let me know. Before I choke, let me get some water. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Put away the tapatio. Oh, man. <coughs> but <clears throat> I love the Word of God because the promises in His Word are so clear and distinct. But we can never take advantage of them if we don't know them. You can't stand on His Word if you don't know what His Word says. And one of the things I've learned as I'm growing as a believer in Christ over these years is that we are never, ever to take the Lord for granted. Never take the Lord for granted. You know, we get in the bad habit of taking each other for granted. You know, um, I have my mom and dad here, and give them a big hand. They're here today. They've been with us here uh, weekly, but, you know, they've been married for 64 years, 89 and 87 years old, and... I don't take that for granted. We don't. Mother Betty, it's so good to see you here today. Deborah, Alicia, it's so good to see you here today. And I know your family does not take your mom for granted. You, you treat her wonderfully. You care for her. You care for each other. But you don't take each other for granted. And I know that you know that, but let's not take the Lord for granted either. We can get into the habit, well, God's there. He'll take care of me. God will meet that need. But if you're not doing your part and you're missing out on all the blessings he has for you, can I just tell you that today? 
The word of God makes it clear we're not to take the Lord for granted, much less anything else. We've each been given this life. Life is precious. Life is precious. Amen? And the Lord challenges us in those verses we just read to seek him while you can. So our late brother Ed used to always say, it's good to see you, brother. It's good to be seen. Words I'll never, ever forget. This is the same thing this scripture is telling us. Seek him while you can. Because there will come a day when it's too late. You'll be at your funeral, buried, and it'll be too late. Can't seek the Lord at that point. You got to seek him now while you can. God doesn't do do overs. You have this life. And how many are thankful for the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances? I know I am. Amen. Amen. Give him praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's merciful. He's, he's graceful. Amen. So our first point today is continual pursuit. What is continual pursuit? It's the conscious fixing or focusing of our mind's attention and our heart's affection on God. It's to be conscious of what you're doing. It's to be focused on what you're doing. It's to have your heart's affection towards God. When you wake up every morning, the very first words shouldn't be, oh man, I got to go to work. No, it should be, thank you, Lord, for another day. It shouldn't be, I'm retired. What am I, what do I, what should I do today? It should be, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, that I woke up and I see light, you know. That should be the very first thing that you do. And I believe that continually seeking God means that we're learning to give him our full attention. Yesterday we had family get together. We had, uh, we had invited people from our church to come over, color pumpkins and stuff. And we had some people over, and we had an 18-month-old baby there. And how many know that an 18-month-old little baby needs your full and undivided attention? Because that baby was just walking around and going this way and going that way and never been in our house before. And she was walking around and the parent was right behind that child because you don't know what that child's going to stick in their mouth, where that, you know, those fingers are going to want to go. They need your full attention. God wants your full attention as well. From the moment you wake up and declare, God, thank you for this day. Begin to focus on him. Lord, bless my, my, my work commute this morning. Uh, Lord, bless this appointment that I got to go to the doctor today. Uh, make it quick, Lord. Give them wisdom to be able to give me uh, the right advice, the right instructions that I need to take better care of myself. Whatever it is, put your eyes on the Lord so that you will give him your full attention. Even as we go about our day, we can pray continually and stop and seek his guidance, rest in his presence, and walk hand in hand with the Lord. I want to share with you a little example via video. And we're going to play a video so if we can get the lights ready of what it is to seek the Lord. Some of you have seen this clip, so go ahead and let's play that clip right now. Now this is where I do my fighting. 
A closet. I call it my war room. So, so you wrote prayers for each area of your life? A prayer strategy? Yes. Now, I used to do what you and your husband are doing, but it got me nowhere. And then I really started studying what the scriptures say. And God showed me that it wasn't my job to do the heavy lifting. No, that was something that only he could do. It was my job to seek him, to trust him, and to stand on his word. Miss Clara, I've never seen anything like this. And I admire it. I really do. I just, I don't have time to pray that much every day. But you apparently have time to fight losing battles with your husband. Elizabeth, if you will give me one hour a week, I can teach you how to fight the right way with the right weapons. Since you're good with the asking price, I'll go ahead and list the house. I'd uh, <laughs> like to think about our other discussion. Elizabeth, please forgive me for being so direct, but I see in you a warrior that needs to be awakened. But I, I will respect whatever decision you make. Thank you, Miss Clara. I hope you have a good day. You too. Don't let me push too hard, Lord. I know I got a big mouth. Amen. That's from the movie War Room. In case you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go check it out. But the lesson there is to seek God. Seeking God, whether you have a prayer room like that, pursuing God takes time. It's a sacrifice on you to, to make sure that we do that. Amen? And here's where I'm going with that. In our world, we have so many distractions. Can I just tell you, when you're in pursuit of God, when you're alone with God in a room like that, whether it's a prayer closet like that, a bedroom, your office, a den, whatever, turn off your phone. <laughs> your phone is just going to begin to blow up at that moment. Did you know that? Well, the minute you get on your knees or start to pray, it's going to be dinging and texting and emails and so forth. People will be calling you. Turn it off. Or leave it in another room and get you and God together. Give him your full attention because you can't give him your full attention if your phone is right next to you. It's impossible. That's just the day and age we live in. Or maybe it could be that new program on Netflix that you got to watch. That is interrupting your prayer time, your, your pursuit of, of the Lord. And, and we got to remember, seek him while he is found, while you can find him. Because even with all these distractions, God sees you, he sees the needs that you have, and he wants so badly to meet those needs that you have. But he wants you to knock. Remember what I said last week, God is a gentleman. He will never force his way into your home if you don't want him. God is a true gentleman. If you desire to genuinely seek him, <clears throat> you will find him. How do I know that? Because the scripture tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. In the NIV it says it, You will seek me and find me 
When you seek me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. Say that with me. When you seek me with all your heart. Not part of your heart. Not three quarters of your heart. But all of your heart. So we must continually be in pursuit of God. The second thing I would tell you this afternoon is continual, be in continual worship. How many love to sing? Raise your hand if you love to just sing worship, whether it's worship or, or a good old Al Green song like I do, every now and then. You like to sing. How many consider themselves good singers? Raise your hand. See, now, now there's a couple of hands. That's it. That's most of us, right? But God wants you to just give him worship. He said if you don't worship, what's going to cry out? The rocks will cry out if you don't worship him. Every morning, again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Cry out to him and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this day. I praise you, Lord, as I enter into your courts with praise. Lord, I thank you that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Everywhere I go, it guides my path, as the word says. It's a lamp unto your feet. It, it guides you. It illuminates your path. Amen? And why is that so important? Because he's the God that created you, that gave you life. He's the God that's omnipotent, all-powerful. The God that is omniscient, all-knowing. He's the God that is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Just as he's here, he's in San Francisco. He's in Sacramento. Amen? He is worthy, worthy of our praise as we sang this morning or this afternoon. You see, God created you and I to be in relationship with him and it and it breaks his heart when his children that he created do not want to be in relationship with him imagine parent grandparent if your child didn't want to have anything to do with you it'd be it'd be very tough I mean life goes on but it can be very tough and very heartbreaking it's the same way for our heavenly father when we choose not to have anything to do with him God is worthy, worthy of our praise. No matter where you're at, no matter what your circumstances are, He's still worthy of our praise. Psalm 139, very, very well-known pair of scriptures here, verse 13 through 14. The Word declares, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you need to hear that today, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God declared that about each of you here today. The scripture goes on to say in Psalm chapter 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And we've heard that put to song but I will praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter if you're at the job. It doesn't matter if you're at the laundromat. If, it doesn't matter if you're feeding the homeless, driving to the doctors. You can bless the Lord. Amen. You can praise the Lord wherever you're at. In the shower, you can bless the Lord. And that is part of having a worship, a continual worship to the Lord, to seek Him, to praise Him. It doesn't matter that you can't hit a note. 
I'm a prime example of that. That's why you don't see me singing. But I still choose to praise God. My kids hear me singing at home, and they'll say, Dad, knock it off. And so I'll go in my office, and I'll pray some more over there. But he wants your worship. The Lord wants your worship. And then the third and most important point of today is continual humbleness. Say that with me. Continual humbleness. What do you think is one of the things that the Lord cannot stand? Anybody? Pride. Thank you. Pride. God cannot stand pride. It stinketh up to heaven, if I can use that language. It stinks. It, it reeks before heaven. How many know people that are pride, prideful, arrogant? We all do. Cocky people. And they get off, get, give off this arrogance that you're like, whoa, I don't know if I want to be around those people anymore. We've all been around people like that. And guess what? You'll continue, continually meet people like that. It's not going away. These people haven't learned the secret to life to be humble. Here's what I want to warn you about. If you don't humble yourself, God will. God will humble you at some point. God will humble you. I don't care how good you are, where you've been, how rich you are. If you don't humble yourself and you have this arrogant cockiness, this pride about you, God will humble you. Not man, God will. And I'm sorry, but I'd rather say, Lord, let me come to you humbly before you so that you don't have to humble me. Let me tell you, it's going to be embarrassing for you the day he has to humble you. Amen? When, when we allow pride to consume us, cockiness and arrogance, what we're really saying is, God, I don't need you. God, take your hands off my steering wheel. You know, that's really what you're saying. I love the song, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. And what you're telling the Lord is, no, Lord, I got this. I know where I'm going. I know the direction of my life. I know how to handle this. And that's a terrible place to be. God will humble you. I'm telling you right now. God commands us to be humble through his word. To view it another way, humility embraces the reality that I am not God. Look at your neighbor. Look at someone right now and tell them, you are not God. You are not God. Can I just tell you that? Maybe someone needed to hear that today, but you are not God. You are not God. And we're recording this, and we'll upload this later on audio. And uh, somebody maybe listening to this needs to hear this. You are not God. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 tells us in the New Testament, Therefore is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Does that describe you? It certainly doesn't describe that arrogant, cocky, prideful person you were just thinking of a moment ago. It doesn't describe them at all. This, was, this is what God's command is for you and I, to be holy, dearly loved, clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here's, here's what you learn as you live for Christ, as you seek Him, as you pursue Him, is that we can't truly pursue Him 
and seek him without being humble. You must humble yourself. You must humble. It's not a question of will you. You must. You must. And what Scripture teaches us is that if we don't humble ourselves before him, he will humble us. If we call ourselves a believer and we go to church, because how many know it's a dangerous thing to come to church. It's a dangerous thing to hear the word of God because now you are responsible for what you just heard. Amen? Now, don't go stay away from church so you don't have to be responsible. God wants you to be in the house of God listening to what he has for you. But God certainly wants us to be humble. And life has a way of humbling each of us. If I ask you to just think about something that was humbling, each of us could share a story here and could take the next hour of a time in life where you were humbled. A lot of times it's in front of friends. A lot of times it's in your workplace. You were humbled. Somebody humbled you. And maybe because you had an attitude and you needed to be humbled. How many know what I'm talking about? God will allow that to happen. Life has a way of humbling us. And if you're that person that is full of themselves, allow me to once again tell you, humble yourselves before the living God. Amen? Humble yourselves. You see, you're not God's gift to mankind. You're not the most talented person out there ever. You're not the most beautiful person out there, although you are all beautiful. Amen? You are all talented. You are all wonderful, loving people. But there's always someone more talented. There's always someone bigger, better, stronger. Amen? Don't be so puffed up and full of pride. In the book of Isaiah, I didn't even have those scriptures, but we know that in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 11, there's five times Satan uses the word I. I will ascend. I will do this. I will do that. Why? Because he was full of pride. The Bible tells us that's why he was expelled out of heaven. He was in heaven. He was the first angel that God created, the most beautiful angel that God created. Yet he became so full of pride, God booted him out of heaven. And in Isaiah, he goes on to declare five times how he would do this and do that. He was so arrogant. God is offering us a chance today to humble ourselves as we seek him. Even through pandemics and through personal sin, we have a, had a chance, we've had a chance to humble ourselves. Lord, if there's humbling needed on our part, Lord, let it, let it be so today. Let us humble ourselves before your throne, Jesus. For Jesus himself, our great Savior, humbled himself so that we would learn from him. You see, humility always acknowledges and obeys the Lord Humility always acknowledges and obeys the Lord. And, and the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, referencing where Jesus humbled himself. Listen to these words in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now I want to just tell you today, the Lord isn't, telling you to humble yourselves to go on a cross. All he's saying is humble yourselves and, and die to yourself. Die to that sin of pride. Die to that sin of arrogance. Die to that sin of whatever it is you fill in the blank that is preventing you from having that relationship with you as you pursue him. Amen? God wants you to pursue him. 
To humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God means to trust in the Lord's power, in His direction, in His guidance. Recognizing that our strength doesn't come from ourselves, that it comes from Him. That He is the strength. He is our power, our wisdom. Amen? The book of James, chapter 4 and verse 10. I have a couple more scriptures, or this is the last one for today as I close. If I can have Bianca come up here. James chapter 4 and verse 10, the, the Bible declares, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. You know what happens, the opposite of that? If you don't humble yourselves before the Lord, He won't exalt you. It's just the opposite. He will humble you. See, when you're exalted, He'll, he'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. He'll let your light shine before all men. He'll allow you to have power and influence with people that you never would have had power and influence over. I, I hear from my brother. He goes to his work, my, my brother Bill, um, at his workplace. He has power and influence just because he's helping these people pray in a little group. And they're coming to him. <clears throat> and they're so proud when when they're accomplishing these, these tasks and he has power and influence there because he is allowing his light to shine there. Amen? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. When you humble yourself, you release your life into his hands. You're saying, Lord, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm tired. I don't have the answers. It's not working my way like that clip was showing it's not working my way. Let me try it your way. I humble myself. I give myself to you. And what you're really doing is you're opening the door to now receive blessings into your life. Because those doors are shut, slam shut, when there's pride in your life, when there's arrogance in your life. Because God is just saying, yeah, go for it. Show me how it's done. Go ahead. Go ahead, show me how it's done. And he keeps those doors shut. But the minute you humble yourself, what you're saying to God is, Lord, I open those doors so that you can show me, that you can guide me as I humble now myself before you. Amen? How many want to have that in their life? How many want to be humble before the Lord? Again, God lifts up and exalts those who humble themselves before him. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we pursue Him, all things, and everybody say all things, become possible for you by faith when you humble yourself. The Lord is, you have Him tied up. You have Him chained up when you don't humble yourself. I want you to realize that. God is an all-powerful God. He can do anything. But as far as working in your life, you have them bound in your life by not humbling yourself. And when you humble yourself, not only are those bounds broken in your life, but he's, he's, at, he's free to work in your life. What you've told him by being bound, by, by continuing to not humble yourself is, Lord, I don't want you to work in my life because I got this all figured out. And that's not where God wants you to be. You open the gateway to heaven when you are humbled, 
when you put in the key of humbleness and open those doors and God now can begin to work in your life. Won't you stand with me this afternoon as we close? I wasn't going to take much of your time today, but my, my goal in this series is that we would learn to seek Him like never before, that we would pursue Him. Lord God, we want to thank You today. We want to thank You that we can seek You, that there's nothing that prevents us from seeking You. The Bible says that we should worship You in spirit and in truth. And we do that, Lord. We worship You with our spirit fully engaged with you. We worship you with your word. We declare that, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. We humble ourselves before you right now. And we declare that you are God, that you guide us and lead us. And I pray that for everyone here. And as we go into this last song, if you want to come up here and worship, if you want prayer, I want to pray for you. If you want prayer, come on up. But Lord, we come before you right now with an open heart. We come seeking you. We come in pursuit of you. We love you, Lord. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.